So many candidates, so little time. 2019 mayoral election is underway. You know the Madsplainers have got you covered. I'm Eric Lawrenson. I'm the tech reporter for the Capital Times. I'm Lisa Speckard-Pask, and I'm the Metro reporter. I'm Abby Becker, and I cover city and county government. And this is the Madsplainers. Election edition. (laughs) 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 Although we always forget to say it for like half a second. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Yep. Welcome, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Mad Splainers Election Edition. Today, we're going to be bringing you an interview that Abby did with Maurice Mo Cheeks, a, a tech executive. Also the alder for District 10 on Madison's west side. Yeah, that's like the Allied neighborhood area. What yeah, else is It's a very district? diverse neighborhood because it runs from Nakoma to Allied. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a, definitely an interesting district to represent. He is someone who has been on my radar as a tech writer in town. He has been a big champion of the tech scene. Like I said, he is an executive with Miosoft, um, which is a data quality firm. Basically, companies will co- contract with... Uh, this corporation when they have uh, big piles of data that they want to get some help with in terms of like getting insights out of. And before that, he was also uh, with Filament Games, which is a pretty big learning games company. Like they make video games for the purposes of like education. Yeah. So so during the interview, I talked to him about his work as an alder, some of the legislation that he's worked on. Um, we also talked about some of the specific policy recommendations that he brought up at the, the Cap Times mayoral forum. And also we talked about his Instagram presence, which is pretty pervasive. So if you don't yeah, follow him, check him out. Posting those you stories. Can find what he's doing. Super active. He's yeah. much better at Instagram than I am. But I mean, that's saying nothing. But <laughs> in this case, it is saying something. He's good same, at it. Same. Yeah. Without further ado, let's dive in. Here we go with the interview with Mo Cheeks. Hope you enjoy it. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Mo. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure, Abby. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's start with, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, what brought you to Madison? Oh, I came to Madison probably for the same reason that, that most people do, for opportunity, right? Um, I uh, had an amazing opportunity. Apple hired me to lead K-12 education uh, efforts across Wisconsin um, and the UP. And they said, you can live wherever you want. Uh, and I chose Madison based on reputation um, as somewhere where um, I thought maybe I'd want to raise a family here someday. I was 22 at the time. And was this also around the time when you got involved in um, in schools here? I know I think you were volunteering as a tutor in schools. Do I have that right? Yeah. So I through through that capacity. So working for Apple was was awesome because uh, I got to move to Madison and also get a chance to travel around the whole state of Wisconsin and work with K twelve education, uh, work work with school systems all across the state and like literally all over from Hurley, which is at the top of the state, yeah. to like Cuba City, which is you know to um, every place. So um, after I had been doing that for a couple of years, I'd, I'd fallen in love with Madison, but I felt like a little bit vicariously because I was traveling so much for work. One of the ways that I decided I wanted to get more involved was by digging into uh, being of service in Madison. So I started tutoring in the schools. I started tutoring at Memorial High School um, and did that for two years, twice a week, uh, and and loved it. I miss it sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. You like the kids? I love, yeah. I mean, 
I have young kids myself now, and so I have the chance to sort of uh, in, enjoy that spirit of, of youth. But spending time with with young people is is invigorating. It's exciting to see uh, the joy and energy and hope in the next generation. Yeah, and speaking of um, I don't know youth and kids, I feel like a lot of what um, sticks out to me about your time um, as Alder in District Ten is um, a lot of work or a lot of legislation that has um, affected children and families. Like what comes to the top of my mind is like the uh, paid parental leave policy that you yeah. worked on, yeah. as well as some of the research behind children's savings account. Um, So so yeah, I don't know. Could you kind of um, talk a little bit more about um, some of those pieces of legislation and, um, you know, I guess more about um, that kind of commitment to families and, and children here in the community? So talking to a city reporter is really fun because you like pay deep attention to the work that <laughs> I try, I'm doing. I try, I try Mel. Being on the city council is, uh, is exciting because, you know, we're trying to, you know, uh, you know, the city council all folks who are trying to contribute in a meaningful way. And most of us are carrying day jobs and things like that on top of that. So having you pay attention to the legislation in ways that we're actually making a meaningful impact. I appreciate that. Um, so on, on paid parental leave, I mean, when I had my first child, I was uh, Hannah, who turns three this weekend. Um, uh, happy early birthday to Hannah. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah. By the time you hear this, Hannah will be three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when Hannah was born, I was extremely fortunate to, to work for a company, Miosoft, uh, which is which is where I work now. I'm um, uh, the vice president of business development. It's a company that's pretty flexible about parental leave. And so I had a chance to have a little bit of ownership over you know how much time I was going to get to take off. And, and that was very flexible for me. I was surprised. I was shocked. I had no idea that the, that the city government here in Madison didn't provide um, a true paid parental leave policy for our own public sector employees. And so that was something that was during the Obama administration. They were doing this uh, this program where they were trying to encourage cities to lead on leave. Was they had a hashtag about it, right? Lead yeah. on leave. And so I um, – brought that up to some folks within the city hall and said, you know, I really think that we should take a step to uh, try to get funding from the Obama administration to to pursue this uh, money that would allow us to sort of put together a a serious study that would inform how we would roll out paid family family leave in a way that would be meaningful to our Mm -hmm. employees, right? I'm always going to fight for an issue that makes the most sense to me, but I I also try to be really pragmatic and make sure that we're not just doing it because it looks good, but rather, you know, something that's going to be transformative. And so we took over a year to engage all of our employees and got feedback that showed that, you know, women were um, disproportionately feeling pressured to come back to work earlier, uh, particularly Women of color were feeling disproportionately mm-hmm. pressured to come back to work earlier. Uh, just this past year, we uh, we finally passed paid family leave. Listen, six weeks is, um, you know, that's not even, we're not even keeping up with like, you know, the, the truly progressive nations that are giving you a year off or things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But for the city of Madison, that should be a minimum for us. You introduced the uh, conversation of child savings accounts. So for the past couple of years, so in just... Even before I was on the city council, I was a member of the board of the Foundation for Madison's Public Schools. Through some of that work, uh, through my work on the on the city council and, and just sort of as a community leader, one of the things I started putting in motion is a plan for Madison to be the first city in Wisconsin to provide college savings accounts to all of our kindergartners in our public schools. Um, there's great research around the idea that a kid, regardless of their background, uh, if they have a college savings account, they're three times more likely to go to college and four times more likely to graduate. Uh, and so as, as mayor, that's one of the things we're going to implement in the first full year of my administration. This is, um, this is teed up pretty well. I think we'll be in a really, really strong position to be able to execute this when I'm mayor. Well, um, let's cut to the chase. What 
inspired you to run for mayor and why do you want the position? Yeah, I mean, so I I love this city. Uh, it's an awesome place to live. It's an awesome place to raise a family. You know, I talked earlier about uh, moving here on purpose. Um, and the, the reality is, um, as we talk about a city that is, is a great place to, to live in and raise a family in, that's not true for everyone. Uh, and we know that uh, most commonly that's not true for folks that look like me. Um, and so I'm running for mayor of Madison to take on this persistent reputation that we've developed as a tale of two cities. Um, uh, if Madison is going to be successful, we really need to be a truly inclusive, innovative, safe city. And that needs to be uh, the, the case for everyone. So after six years on the city council representing the most diverse district in our city, right, from, uh, as you know, uh, from Nakoma to Allied Drive and everything in between, as a minority business leader in our city and as someone who spent time tutoring in the schools, someone who's a father of two young kids, Hannah, who's three, and Cyrus, who uh, is nine months. This is really personal for me. You know, uh, having our city work um, for the next generation is really critical to me. And so um, we need a mayor who is going to have a sense of urgency about uh, tackling these persistent challenges and and one who's going to bring our community together um, in ways that we've never seen before to bring a diverse community together to 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 help us live up to our own expectations of what we can and what we should be. And so I'm ready for that job. And so you've been, as you said, you know, involved in the city for a while. Was there anything in particular that really tipped you over the edge of saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm doing this. I'm running for mayor." It might be. It might. There's any number of things, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of different moments that that probably were catalyst. But one of them was. 2016, uh, on election night uh, in November, right, presidential election, my mom texted me that night and she said, how are you feeling? And I didn't reply to her. Um, cause what, what are you supposed to say, right? Like Donald Trump just got elected president, which is a ridiculous thing. And she texted me back the, the next morning and said, don't lose hope. People need uh, to find hope from local politicians more now than ever or something like that. And uh, that that really hit me that that the that the opportunity as a local public servant is not only to be able to um, help steer a community through, you know, the, the challenges that we face in Madison as, you know, sort of housing challenges and transportation challenges and um, uh, equity challenges, but to be able to, to, to provide hope when there's so much, so, so, so many reasons to sort of lose faith in government. Really, Madison deserves to have a mayor that's inspiring hope. Um, and in the absence of that, I felt like, yeah, I, I could, I'm ready for that. Well, and that idea about hope and um, getting involved in the community and sort of doing more, that was sort of a part of the Leading Locally movement that uh, you kind of started and were a part of and creating some of those events. Um, could you brief listeners on sort of what that was? Yeah, that was that was a, a, an amazing flashpoint in, in Madison's sort of civic and political culture. Um, uh, I didn't do that alone. You know, Jenny Dye from the county board was really help, uh, helpful with that. And my friend Josh Clemens was really helpful with that. But I, as I was walking around the city, I felt this is, you know, days after the November election in 2016, um, I, it was palpable. People were feeling despair. So I just put up a thing on Facebook and said, let's get together and talk about, like, what do we do next? Um, and I, I literally, like, I bought some bagels and thought maybe my friends will show up. And <laughs> 150 people yeah. came out. Did you have 150 bagels? We got more bagels. Good. Good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
150 people came out and wanted to be a part of a community conversation about what are we going to do? And my message to the, to the community at the time and until still today is this is still our country and still our state and this is still our city. And all those, you know, whatever was propelling you, whatever hope and energy you were putting into that presidential election for for specific issues, right, whether that was around, you know, youth empowerment or the future of our economy or, you know, women's rights or um, uh, police community relations, like all that is stuff that you can have an impact in if you want to put some energy into it at the local level. Um, and so people uh, broke out into groups and, and formed new relationships. I know some of those folks went on to run for office. Some of those folks went on to start indivisible groups. And, um, you know, people formed new bonds around the idea that we can do more together. I, honestly, that's one of the most important responsibilities, I believe, of uh, of a mayor is to be able to bring together diverse constituencies and, and point us towards in a direction. Um, and so that was really exciting. We did a, another one the morning of the Women's March. Over 250 pe- people came out to that one. Um, and we did follow up more, you know, sort of action plans on how people are going to over the next 90 days get to work. And, you know, some of those people continue to, to be in touch. And, you know, I wasn't trying to start a new nonprofit or some sort of, you know, uh, uh, movement or, or whatever. I just wanted to be able to bring people together and remind them this is our city and we can't give up. Um, so on a, on a different note, um, you use Instagram. I follow you on Instagram. Oh, thank um, you for following. I, me. I, I, I watch your story, so I mean, you know, I see <laughs> your adorable children, or you know, when you're taking the bus to work, or you yeah. know, sometimes now at, at campaign events. Um, yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, is this an intentional way of connecting with a younger demographic of voters, or is this just how you like to oh, you know, is, use your phone? Yeah, I mean, this is an intentional <laughs> way of living my life, right? Like, I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's Mo Cheeks for Madison on Instagram. I decided maybe a few years ago that I just wanted to be, you know, more transparent about what life was like as an alder and what life was like as a new dad. And we live in a, in a moment in time where people are um, are interested in, in, uh, in being connected in ways that we never have been before. And I think that even as mayor, certainly I'll continue to do that. I think people want to have a, a greater insight into what's the day-to-day life of the mayor? What's the inner workings? What's that look like when you bring your kids to work? Um, as mayor, I mentioned that I, I miss tutoring in the schools. I'm going to get back to tutoring in the schools. And um, I'm really excited about that because, uh, A, because as you pointed out, like I find energy in that. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's going to mean something for those kids to see me in the schools. And I want people to be able to follow along and say, wow, that's really cool what uh, what Mayor Cheeks got to see in the schools today. So um, I want people to be able to find hope and inspiration in all corners of our city. And Instagram is the way that um, I do that right now. And, you know. If you want to follow along on my bus route or whatever that is, uh, I love when the bus that. is just completely empty and you have like that. It's just me. The empty ride. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I think too, it makes um, yeah, it just makes things more personal. Personal, um, and you can kind of uh, I don't know, just get to know someone through sort of a different lens, which I think is kind of fun. Um, so, so we just had the first mayoral forum, um, and you mentioned um, two specific policy ideas I wanted to to bring up and chat about. And the first was to implement a position in the mayor's office specifically focused on environmental issues, yeah. and the other was to double the um, city's affordable housing fund. Sure. Um, you know, are these, uh, you know, these seem to be, you know, priorities if you've got a specific plan for them. If you could tell us a little bit about, you know, how you think these things would help the city. Yeah. So everyone in our city deserves to be able to live with dignity and housing that is affordable, right? And as our city continues to grow um, and diversify, 
one of the things that uh, continues to be a challenge for us is, you know, more people uh, are finding it uh, too expensive to be able to live and stay in our city. You know, I hear stories of um, literally like teachers that teach in our in our schools that are doubling up, tripling up. Um, because they can't afford to live mm-hmm. in Madison apartments um, or single parents or firefighters who don't live in the city anymore because it's cheaper. They have to keep moving farther out. Um, the Affordable Housing Fund is one of the ways that uh, we're investing in making housing more affordable, that the city's taking a proactive role in that. Uh, a few years ago on the council, I called for um, a doubling of that fund. That didn't get brought up for a vote, but uh, as mayor, I'm going to bring that back. We're going to double the affordable housing fund. And um, one of the things that we're going to do is increase the degree to which that gets focused on workforce affordable housing. Um, And so affordable housing means something specific to to, to, – but affordability ranges really the gamut, right? For someone who is making $40,000 a year, like it could still be – primitively expensive to live in this city as the cost of a one-bedroom apartment has gone up from something like $700 uh, 10 years ago to more like an average of $1,200 today. You know, that's that's problematic. And so we need to make sure that we're uh, not creating a, a sort of donut hole for working families. And then the other item was about the position in the office dealing with um, environmental issues. So so what what do you envision for that role? Yeah, so we created, the city council created a few years ago um, a, a position that's focused on equity. And, and that's with an emphasis in recognizing that people are, are you know, one of our most important assets here and making sure that our city is being proactive about racial equity in our decision making, in our policy making. Um, that's critical to the success uh, of, of our city, I think, really living out our values. And um, Similarly, right, people and planet are, are the two most important things, right? And so making sure that we're protect, that we're being really proactive, that we have a position in the mayor's office that's thinking specifically and proactively about the decisions that we're making and how um, our, our practices, our decisions, our policies are impacting the climate, how we're impacting the environment. Um, that's, that's what that person's going to do. And they're going to, uh, you know, really lead the effort to build, a, uh, to collaborate with other governments, um, with other stakeholders, with, um, uh, with, with folks to build a proactive plan to make sure that our community is becoming more energy efficient. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as with this position and in other things that you've talked about, you mentioned, um, you know, collaborative leadership and how Madison um, is in kind of need of that now. Yeah. What do you think um, about the mayor's office now could stand to be more collaborative? Be collaborative. That, I mean, that, that would just, be a really just, good start. Y- yeah. Just be collaborative. The whole thing. <laughs> the whole <laughs> Everything. Thing. Yeah. I mean, start there. Um, I think some of the some of the executives that I have respected the most are folks that have been able to transition with the changing nature of the way society works and the way, you know, culture and corporations and and people interact, right? And so recognizing that um, decision-making is a more democratized thing, that top-down leadership is, is not a, effective in the way that it used to be because everybody has in, access to information. Everybody has the opportunity to share their opinion. And so... Um, strong organizations have a culture of empowerment um, and a culture of collaboration. And the city of of Madison stands to gain by making huge improvements in the way that, you know, our culture, our employees uh, feel empowered and and the way that residents feel that they have the opportunity to be able to have a voice, to really be heard by City Hall. 
I think it's it's really common to hear from folks that like, you know, it's not worth going to the meeting. I'm not going to be heard or, you know, I, I'm not going to schedule a meeting with, you know, somebody in City Hall because, you know, who am I? Like, we work for the people, right? Like, as an elected official, like, I, I work for you. And, and I think that, you know, folks should feel more empowered that way. Like, they should know that their mayor is um, an employee of them and, and therefore, you know, uh, it, it's our responsibility to be able to be um, transparent and accessible. Decisions feel like it's a representation of the will of the people and, and not just, you know, the will of, of the mayor uh, solely. Well, so what sets you apart from the rest of the field? I'm really excited to be able to bring to bear my experience, as I said earlier, as not only a public official, um, uh, but as a minority business leader in the city, right? As someone who's been doing the work of um, building business, of working in this new economy. You know, we talk so much about economic development and, you know, the future of work and the future of uh, employment in our city. That's my day-to-day. That's what I've been doing for the past 10 years is, you know, helping, you know, companies that I work at grow and um, companies across the state grow. But between, you know, public sector, private sector, as a father, um, and as someone with meaningful relationships in the schools, you know, we talked, uh, you started to talk a little bit earlier about, you know, some of the work I've been doing with the schools. Um, I think that's really critical to be able to walk the walk of, you know, not hoping to be able to do something new, but building off the work that I've been doing. All right, on to the lightning round. So in a similar vein as um, uh, the mayoral forum, um, there are some fun, lighthearted questions. Um, and try to answer them fast, although I feel like a lot of these end up uh, spurring some conversation. But, um, but number one, here we go. What is your favorite festival in Madison? Oh, ooh. Um, this is now I, I feel like I need to oh my gosh there's so many <laughs> there are so many <laughs> <laughs> the answer is there's so many um, you know honestly my favorite has got to be Juneteenth uh, it's you know it's an awesome place uh, where um, we're celebrating the emancipation of uh, African Americans in this country and you know it's just such a cool cross section of of black Madison and, and just diverse Madison in general it's great food um, it's one of the honestly it's one of the spaces that um, just feels really chill for me when I get a chance to go uh, most every year my daughter went with me last year and it was the first time my daughter who was like two uh, I let her try fried catfish and my mom my dad was like Good for you. She should <laughs> she should be eating fried catfish. My mom was like, I don't know about the fried catfish. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, I love Juneteenth. Number two, what is your favorite sandwich in Madison? Oh, these are good questions. I like this. Um, the double smash burger at Gray's. All right, what's your favorite statue, landmark, or public art piece in Madison? Um, Picnic Point is probably you know the place that I am most inclined to like bring people to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when when I've got visitors in town, if they're going to stay for like two or three days, like long enough that we're going to plan a hike, like we're yeah. likely going to go to Picnic Point. It's I know a that great sounds view like at the end. Yeah. maybe a little stereotypical in like college or whatever, but I love it. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is a little round of would you rather? Would you rather have backyard chickens or backyard bees? Bees for sure. Would you rather drink small batch coffee, kombucha, or beer? Coffee. Would you rather travel around Madison by bike, bus, or car? Oh, I mean, anyone who's following my Instagram knows. <laughs> the bus is definitely the answer. Bus is great. It's like the, it's like the 25th hour of my day, right? I get a chance to like get work done on the bus. 
I have scheduled meetings on the bus where, like, I know that somebody's on my bus route and, like, we had been talking about trying to get together. I just plan to sit by each and other and have pl- the yeah. meeting. We'll, like, say, like, hey, get on the three. <laughs> get on the three at 847 or whatever and, like, we'll just meet. Oh, this is great. I love that. It's so awesome. It, like, adds time to my day. I Mobile love the bus. Mobile meeting space. Mobile meetings. Yeah. Um, would you rather go to the co-op or grow your own produce in a ba- in your backyard garden? Backyard garden. Um, I love the co-op, but you know, my wife and I planted. So I built um, a, a few big raised bed gardens, mm-hmm. like four by eight, so um, decent size. And we've been growing in those for the past several years. It's fun. The kids have like their Hannah has gardening boots, and the kids are like learning about fruits and vegetables. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, how many different Madison neighborhoods have you lived in? Two. Two? Yeah. Which ones are they? So uh, I live in, in this little corner of Nakoma right now. And before that, I lived on the far west side. Um, all right. Last one. If you were stranded on a desert island, which book and movie would you want to have? Um, so yesterday I talked about how I was reading the uh, Michelle Obama's book. Yes. So like if I was put on an island right now, I would want to finish that um, because I'm not done with it. And it's really exciting. And then movie? Yes. People are going to learn a lot about me on this podcast. My favorite movie when I was a kid was Mary Poppins when I was a little, little boy. Mary Poppins. Yeah. And I watched that movie so many times. Um, So if I had to go somewhere and I knew that I was just going to watch one movie over and over and over, I feel like I would never get dissatisfied with Mary Poppins. Follow up. Have you seen Mary Poppins Returns? I'm nervous. I don't know if I need that in my life. I mean, hearing how much you love the original, I'm I'm nervous recommending it. Have I, you I, seen I, it? I have seen it, and I really enjoyed it. You yeah, liked it? I really did. Well, yeah, I thought Emily Blunt and Lin Manuel Miranda were just great. Last ditch, anything you want people to know on this podcast? Yeah, I mean, I, I want people to get involved in this election. You know, February nineteenth is uh, is the date of the primary. Um, you know, elections are a time when we get to decide what we're going to be, what we're going to what we're going to do as a city. I'm running for mayor of Madison to expand uh, what it looks like and feels like to be a Madisonian. I'm I'm so excited for this campaign. You know, that we've seen already hundreds of folks contribute time and resources and energy and momentum to this campaign. So uh, I'd want to you know invite your audience to go check out MoCheeks.com and see how they can learn more about uh, about how to get involved. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Mad Splainers. Thanks for joining us today. Um, you can, of course, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, you can check out the other Cap Times podcasts like um, The Corner Table, which talks about dining and restaurants, or Jesse O'Poyne's podcast, uh, Wedge Issues, which is on state politics. You can also look forward to the next Mad Splainers episode, which will be interviewing mayoral candidate Nick Hart. And remember, again, the primary election is February 19th for mayor and uh, Madison City Alders. So again, thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time on the Mad Splainers. Mad Splainers.